Our friends at Art Scroll have made us aware and have uh, sent over an amazing brand new book. It is entitled 10 Steps to Eternity, the fascinating narrative of Avram Avinu's 10 tests and true stories of how we follow his example today. Nachman Schachter is the author. Uh, remember the rule. Go to artscroll.com. Always use promo code radio. Again, go to uh, artscroll.com. Make sure to use promo code radio for your major discount and your free shipping. Again, the book is entitled 10 Steps to Eternity, the fascinating narrative of Avram Avinu's 10 tests and true stories of how we follow his example today. And the timing could not be better because those of you who are paying careful attention to the Torah reading this past Shabbat, Avram, who eventually will become Avraham Avinu, was introduced uh, toward the end of Parshas Noach. So impeccable timing for sure. Uh, the book is entitled 10 Steps to Eternity, the fascinating narrative of Avram Avinu's 10 tests and true stories of how we follow his example today. A pleasure to welcome, welcome Nachman Schachter to JM and the AM. Nachman, a pleasure to uh, say good morning and congratulate you on the brand new book. Thank you very much, Nachman. I appreciate you bringing me on. Thank you very much. So it's interesting. I think one of the greatest services you've done with this book and I am not trying to veer away from the uh, direction that you've taken. I just need to mention this. It is for many of us, it's never been clear what the 10 tests actually were, what Avram Avinu was uh, challenged with uh, by the one above. Some of them are obvious to us. I mean, Akedah Yitzchak, obviously the binding of Isaac is one uh, that I think you know most people know about. Uh, but uh, I think one of the great services you've done is familiarized us with the entire list of 10 tests. Did you find as you uh, uh, were writing the book or researching the book that uh, that this would in fact be a very important service to the Jewish world? So you're, you're bringing up a very interesting point because there were many reasons why I wrote this. And actually one of them was that reason because I know we all know the famous ones. We know the Lechlecha, we know getting thrown into the fire, we know... Uh, Mila, we know four or five, but then the other six sort of like fall through the cracks of, I don't know, and I don't know, and that's the end of it. So, yes, I did feel that I was going to awaken uh, everyone to realize, wow, here are the 10 tests. And um, as many people have said, not everyone agrees to all the 10 tests, which they were. This right. is a, uh, a muscle right. So in the back of my paper, I put many of the other opinions of what they were. Um, you know, what's interesting, and, and you alluded to it with the, the couple that you mentioned, um, there, are, uh, there are tests uh, that Avram Avinu um, passed that he was able to persevere on. Um, that are that are you know we we easily understand why they are considered tests. Brismila, right? That's an obvious one. Lechlecha. Uh, I didn't realize until I read your book that it was a one thousand mile, at least one thousand mile, uh, trek for Avram Avinu to fulfill Lechlecha and to follow uh, God's command to go to a land that he would be eventually informed about. He was not told about it. Uh, when the first command was given in this week's parsha, uh, the Akedah, of course, we mentioned, etc. But some of them are 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 more in the abstract. Some of them don't even look like tests. Uh, those that demonstrated faith in Hashem, the war with the kings, where Hashem, uh, where Avram Avinu rather is uh, fighting for the honor of God, even though the uh, the odds are against him. 
uh, in a in a conflict like that. Do you find that some are really practical and others are much more abstract and obscure? Well, it certainly is true. We we um, look at a test as Hashem said X, and Avraham had to overcome that. But the very first test is that he's living alone, secluded, and he's in a cave or wherever he is, and he's now has to grab onto that Hakadosh Baruch is the only person, and after he survives that, he goes with it. And he's not upset and angry that how come I can't go out and play ball like the rest of the boys and go to the ball games? I'm alone. He doesn't do that. He is, I realize, I realize who I am. I realize what Kaddish Goku is. And I'm going to persevere. Ah, that becomes a test. He survives it. He survives it. And the, um, and the test is the solitary existence, as you describe it. The test is correct. the solitude, the loneliness he must have felt being the only Correct. one to be in that mindset of everybody around. And I, I never thought of it like that. You know, loneliness, aloneness, solitary, solitude is is torture. for I, I think for everybody, but maybe, you know, to different <laughs> degrees, depending on one's personality and makeup. But that was the first test that Avram Avinu had to overcome, which is absolutely amazing, frankly, uh, when you think about it like that. Um, it wasn't... Now, when we, th- we, think of, when we think of solitude... We're in a house and we're locked up for six months of the year. Right. Here's an individual who has solitude of the world. Right. And I'm the only individual in the world that, that thinks as he thinks. That is that is really powerful. Yeah, his mind was in solitude, so to speak. And that's right. and that's what's so, you know, hard to fathom and what brings our appreciation uh, of Avraham, you know, even uh, even makes it even more, even higher. Nachman Schachter is with us. The book is called 10 Steps to Eternity. I know there's a lot to talk about regarding the book, and there's a lot of current day lessons to learn from the stories you tell. We'll try to get to some of those coming up. I just want to, uh, you know, stick with this list for a moment. Um, when, um, when, when Avram leaves to go to Egypt, he leaves Eretz Israel to go to Egypt because there's a famine. So there are some who might regard that as the fa- as a failure of a test from the one above, yet we know it as a positive passing, uh, a you know being able to overcome uh, failure. In fact, you know turned it into a positive. How 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 difficult must it be when one does not know what direction to go in, and frankly doesn't is isn't one hundred percent convinced that the direction they're going in is right, and then of course. You know, ipso facto, so to speak, they discovered they made the right decision. So, um, the Ramban does say that it was a failing, a shogig, shogig on Avram's part to go to Mitzrayim, where he should have had more be tough in Right. Interesting enough, I have brought many different commentaries. I did not bring that in my Seta, because he says it, and uh, no one else says it. It, these things are so complicated because yeah. we're dealing with Avraham Avinu, who is the greatest of the great, who spoke to God, dealt with Malachim. It is so it is so sensitive to try to get really what did he mean? Think how did it happen? So it's just so complicated to to put your point on what the Rambam says. It he clearly does say it. 
Understood, but I think the more important point is that the majority of commentators, you know, will will tell us that in that episode he was actually demonstrating faith and not and not and sort of not relying on miracles, right? Which is one of the things we're always we're always told to do. Yes, yes, that is exactly right. Uh, he was able to have his finger on the pulse of what Hashem wanted, and he was able to simply move ahead. Aramzino took little baby steps to figure what Hashem wanted, and he, he, he acted as he felt was correct. So as right. you said, yes, most commentaries say he went down to Mitzrayim, even though he had no, there was no directive, Hashem did say, leave Canaan, go to Mitzrayim, but he, he used the euphemism he used, he read the daily. He realized this is what he needs to do, and he did it. And, and he was right. And we, right. and we, you know, we read this morning uh, about the uh, episode of preparing for the eventuality that uh, the Egyptians would abduct his wife Sarai, and um, you know, we, we of course, I mean, ev- everyone has their impression of what you know of what he did and how he handled the situation. But the positive aspect of that situation is his reaction to the entire episode. Sometimes one can pass a test from the one above, just simply by keeping a, 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 an even keel and an even disposition throughout an episode. Would you say that's the lesson from that? That is the incredible lesson from Avraham Avinu. Under the most difficult, trying situations, he is even keeled, and he knows in the back of his mind, this is what Hashem wants. I need to pray to Hashem. There is no physical... There is no positive action that I can do because I can't exactly fight all the Egyptians. They're a lot more than I am, and I need to just rely on Hashem. I'm not sure what he has in mind. He doesn't know. He really never knows what the end result is. Right. But I must pray to Hashem and move ahead slowly to what I think I need to do. You know what it reminds me of, sort of, um, very often we'll say that you know, you want to you want to encourage people to do the right thing, obviously. But one of the things we always emphasize is what was their intent? What was their intent? Did they did they do it l'shem shamayim? Did they go out there for a positive purpose? That was the honor of God, you know, accompanying them as they went ahead and did this. Even if someone, God forbid, does something wrong, and wrong may be the wrong word, frankly, but does something questionable, intent and and the atmosphere in which they put themselves when embarking. On that, on that act is so vital and so important. Well, we do see exactly what happened with the uh, the Kipshon age, with the getting thrown into the fire. Right. Avraham's intentions were pure, and and uh, Haran's intentions were well. Let's see who wins. Let's see who wins this one. And but he decided to go with Avraham, and he said, "I'm I'm in Avraham's camp. I will go into the fire." And he was killed. So. We only see what the physical result is, but God, God knows really what everyone's intention is. So we have to do the best we can right. with the with the information in front of us, and we move ahead. Nachman Schachter is with us. The book is called Ten Steps to Eternity. Go to artscroll.com, use promo code radio. The timing could not be any better. We literally uh, read about the introduction of Avram into the um, uh, into history at the end of this past Shabbos and the partios that this book uh, deals with are partios that are uh, current and upcoming 
So we are highly, highly recommending this. Plus, I read it, and I could tell you that I'm highly recommending it. At what point, Nachman Schachter, I mean, uh, I, I, and we should mention, of course, that the Akeda, the Briss, as you said, uh, the um, uh, chasing, uh, throwing Hagar and her son and his son out of the out of the home, all these are obviously uh, among the more famous or the more well-known Briss Ben Abbasarim, although, again, sometimes we are not 100% sure what that test was, wh- why it was a test. Uh, you describe it as uh, Avram being told what 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 the what his children would go through, Bnei Yisrael would go through, and yet he was able to keep the faith in the one above. Um, at what point did you realize that there's a possibility here to relate all these tests to episodes of today, stories that either you know about or you heard about or knew you know or or in the future as you did your research, you knew you'd be hearing about stories of today, contemporary stories that actually you know relate. To these 10 tests, do we have the nerve, do we have the chutzpah <laughs> to go ahead and and think that episodes happening in 2022 could actually be compared to what Avram Avinu went through? Well, again, I'm not comparing them. The only thing we did was to relate stories of people who did, who did their actions. Um, their actions, their, their intentions, uh, their wants. That was up to them, and I don't think anyone is saying that when Mrs. Uh, Davidowitz did whatever she did, wow, exactly like Abramovina. I really don't think that is, any, is anyone's thought. It's just that we see that um, someone was tested in whatever it was, and they reacted, and wow, that's really interesting what they did. That, that's what it's all about. We're here to see that someone had a, had a similar situation, and it was an incredible result. Um, that's very fascinating. So that's what that's what we're doing. Yeah, it certainly is fascinating. Yeah, believe, believe me, I was just being dramatic because I think the concept's great. <laughs> right. You uh, asked me at one point that I decide to link it to stories. Right. So this has this has uh, a few stages. The first stage is when I started to learn this. I never intended to learn it to write a book. I intended to learn it to learn more about Amuna. Ramavina was the first individual in the Torah. Um, it says that Vayam in Hashem, he believes in Hashem. That's the first time you find the word of Amuna in the Torah. Therefore, I decided, let me study, let me learn of Ramazinu, who was the first Baal Amuna. So I was going through probably up to about the fifth test when I realized this is too powerful. I'm sure other people are going to be interested. Let me start possibly writing this down and to see where I, where I go with this. And then probably about going over it and about the sixth or seventh, tenth test, many things I did with my wife. My wife and I, of course, were, were really partners in this, even though I was learning it, but we, I discussed it with her. And then especially when I went into the, edit, the, to the writing phase, she helped me all along the way. So we said, this is a good idea. Let us, um, let's put some stories to it. And that's that's the, the genesis of this uh, of the book. Yeah, it's an amazing concept, and the fact that uh, people today can relate to it. It's a, I mean, I, I overuse this expression. I call books like this a musser safer. Uh, maybe uh, it's more accurate as you described it a safer about uh, bitachon faith, uh, following the the lead of one of, of our greatest leader, our greatest father. Uh, I don't want to say greatest leader; that may, may not be fair, but certainly the father 
of the Jewish people, and that's Avram Avinu. Nachman Schachter is with us. The book is called 10 Steps to Eternity. All right, we should do a couple of examples for people. Um, I, this i got to leave to you because the book is chock full of so many amazing stories, so many uh, incredible tales. Can you, can you link one of the Avram Avinu references to a story for us and inspire us this morning? Uh, to tell you a story. Well, I mean, or, or, or tell us, okay. uh, you know, one, one of the, uh, one of the tests of Avraham and then how one of the stories relates to that. Okay. So I will tell you a story, um, a story that is not in the book, mm. an amazing, amazing story of somebody who lives in Baltimore right? and his name is David Meister. Rabbi, Rabbi David Meister was the English principal of TI still uh he's an elderly he's a, a very nice man a friend of mine and um i went to him asked him do you have any stories like it did to so many people i said right. do you have a story or story in your family so he said that in world war ii his father was in the polish army now in world war one poland just overran germany because for whatever reason poland was more successful they were stronger Yada yada yada. When it came to World War II, Poland stayed as they were in World War One. They still had horses pulling cannons. They still were shooting with with very uh, old type of uh, of, um, of of weapons. Well, as you know, Germany they mechanized. They had flying. They had planes. They had tanks. So when um, Mr. Meister entered the army, it took three days for Germany to to not, knock over. Uh, Poland. That was it. They just walked right through. There was nothing there. So they had a lot of prisoners. Germany had a lot of prisoners. They had Polish prisoners, and they separated the uh, Jewish prisoners. And um, they gave them very little to eat. World War II, there was very little to eat. And uh, they would give them four loaves of bread. Each each group would got four loaves of bread. Well, the um, commandant, who was a very insidious, terrible person, decided one day to have fun. What was his fun? Instead of giving the loaves of bread to the prisoners, he took the loaves of bread, four loaves of bread, and threw them into the, the cell. And the prisoners realized if they're going to get food, they've got to fight for it. Mm. So there was everyone was flying, hitting each other. Limbs were flying, blood all over the place. And the commandant, he was like in heaven. He was in heaven. He was having a blast. Because what's better than seeing people hurt each other, as we know? Well, then he tried the same thing with the Jewish prisoners. Took the four loaves of bread, threw it into the prison, into the cell, and all of the prisoners backed up to the wall. Nobody moved. They froze. For five minutes, they were standing there. And the commandant's going crazy. He's ripping his hair out. What's going on here? As one of the prisoners slowly walks up to the four loaves in the middle of the floor, picks them up, and walks around to each prisoner and hands it out. That's what the Jewish prisons did. <laughs> now, these prisons, as you can understand, they were not Rosh Yeshivas. They were not Gedolim. They didn't have learned. Many of them weren't even Shomosh Tabbat. But these were Jewish people who understood what the proper thing is to do. No matter who we are, no matter how much we learn, we have an innate ability given to us by our forefathers to be proper, and to do things properly. And this code, this comes up all the time in our whole history that yeah. we, we have a great uh, legacy. We right. have a great legacy. 
This is why Avram Avinu in the uh, in the moments, and I know that's uh, not 100% accurate, but in the day, I should say, after his bris mila, he's concerned about <laughs> about entertaining guests and making sure they have what they have, no matter how much pain he's in, no matter how much discomfort he's in. Yes, because Avram Avinu is the perfect person to, um, to not imitate, but to imitate a Kaddish Baruch Hu. A Kaddish Baruch Hu, all the time, is given to people under all circumstances, whatever they give to him. He is all, Hashem is always doing chesed. So even under these difficult conditions, when Avram Avinu is suffering, he's in pain, it doesn't change. My mission is to help people. I'm going to go out and help these people because that's what Hashem does. And that's what we do. We have to have Rachmanus. Hashem does chesed. We have to do chesed. We want to do chesed because that's what Hashem does. This is our makeup. You reminded me as you were talking about the different approaches to bread distribution when prisoners are desperate to eat. Uh, you reminded me, and it's ironic that we're speaking on October the 31st. I don't know if you're familiar, but uh, uh, in the non-Jewish world, today's a very big candy distribution day. And someone once said to me the difference between today, October the 31st, and Purim, because some people like to make that comparison with dressing up, etc. Uh, the difference is that, uh, uh, that they teach their children to take while we teach our children to give. With Mishloch Manos, that's, uh, that's it. It's ironic that you're, that you're, <laughs> that we're speaking about this today, but I think it's an important lesson to keep in mind. Uh, certainly, uh, ten steps to eternity. The fascinating narrative of Avram Avinu's ten tests and true stories. How we follow his example today. Did you? Did you? Uh, did you consider? Uh, um, and again, you know, with the stories, not necessarily uh, always going to happen. When one is writing a book, you're often involved, rightfully so, in the minutia of a book. You're not thinking of major concepts always, but you know, it, it, it is. It is um, remarkable that so many of the things that so many people go through today were tests that Avram Avinu and our forefathers in general went through. And one of them, of course, is a childbirth. And, um, you know, Avram Avinu is, uh, is essentially, you know, told by God uh, that he's going to be the father of a nation. And, you know, and uh, it, it, he, he might have been at some point, you know, skeptical about that. And certainly his wife may have been skeptical about that. Um, it, it, it has to be that when one delves in, as you did, to the lives of, uh, of, uh, of our forefathers, Avraham specifically, it has to be that it gives even the modern-day couple encouragement that there really is only one being in control of one's fate and one's future. Uh, do, do, do you, when writing this book, do you sometimes consider some of those bigger issues that are part of all this? Well, uh, first of all, as far as Abraham being skeptical, um, and everything that I say is my own uh, at this point. When I wrote the book, it was checked by many people, including Rev. Heidemann and Schlitter. So I tell everything that I wrote in the book is on good footing. Right. But now that we're having a discussion, it's my own understanding, and I'm hoping that I'm saying the right thing, that, um, that Abraham Avino never was ever skeptical of a Kaddish Baruch Hu, what he could do, he couldn't do. Avraham, every second, was accepting and happy with whatever HaKadosh Baruch Hu told him to do. That is as far as that piece. Yeah, I should have said uh, that he could that have been skeptical, <laughs> that it would have been justified, could have been. right? <laughs> could have been, and that is true. He could have been, right. but he never was, and he accepted, he accepted uh, God's decrees with love. 
he, he was the person who knew that everything that God did was always for the good, and every step he took was in a, in a, w- with happiness. As far as um, people with childbirth, um, it's a difficult pressure. It's a difficult thing. And davening is all certainly important. Uh, there are a few stories in the book that I have about people, um, couples trying to get uh, to um, have children. Um, that is something that's, that's way above my pay grade of what needs to be done. Certainly doctors um, need to be included. Oh, I, I agree with you on that. I, I was simply saying that, uh, you know, we talk about how a book like this, you know, as I said earlier, you know, in 2022, can we relate to what Avram Avina went through? The reality is that there are people in very serious situations that, uh, you know, can gain inspiration from the, from, the, from the blind faith, and I say that in a positive way, that Avram Avinu had in HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Yes, the inspiration, the book is full of inspiration, inspiration in many different areas, and yes, including childbirth. Uh, Sarah never gave up. Sarah never for a second thought that she wouldn't have a child. She, um, she had to be tough, yeah. but she would, just like a Ramavina. And so no, I was just saying, Avram Avinu had uh, a bris at the age of, uh, uh, the age of 99, and the reality is that uh, today, and certainly over the last uh, 20, 30 years, we've heard so many stories of men who've had a bris at an advanced age, maybe not 99, but certainly a, an age where it was a you know, very difficult decision, a very difficult procedure, but yet today they're emulating what Avram Avina did. Well, everything, the commentators say that everything that we do is a, there's a spark in us from Avram Avina. Right. That doesn't mean that we will do everything that Avram Avina does. But if we can dig deep and we can pull out um, something that is amazing, it has a basis and a spark from Avram Avinu. Why do we have people today moving to Israel? I mean, you know, we're picking up people. We have, we now have more Jews in Israel than do in America. Um, Because where does that come from? That comes from Avram Avinu. Because you don't see um, millions of Italians saying, we're going to move back to Italy. So how about, let's go back, let's all the Swiss say, we're going to go back to Switzerland. This does not happen. These are Jews who who they have uh, a purpose to move to Israel. This is all based from a Ramavino. This is Parsha. It all comes from him. We all have a spark. And when we, we can relate to that spark, that's where it comes from. How is it possible someone from Russia who's 40, 50, 60, 70 years old wants a bris? Right. What, what Russians that are not Jewish want a bris? The spark emanates from Avraham Avinu deep down in us, and when someone can relate to it and can fan the, the, the spark, it glows, it, it goes on, and, and he gets that bris. All of this comes from Avraham Avinu and a little piece of us. God Kaviocho made quite a choice, huh? In choosing Abraham. <laughs> he really did. He <laughs> to really say did. the least. Really uh, you'll be inspired, everybody. That I can tell you. Um, it's, uh, uh, it, it, you think at some point in your life you, you've heard it all, but uh, not the case at all. There's so much to learn from uh, Avraham Avinu, um, no matter what age you might be. Ten Steps to Eternity, the fascinating narrative of Avraham Avinu's Ten Tests and True Stories of How We Follow his example today, Nachman Schachter, is the author. It's an Artscroll release. Go to artscroll.com. Make sure to use promo code radio. Get the book. It's an amazing gift, and it's a fantastic book. For It's always a fantastic book in general, but for this time of year, as we read about Avraham and get to know him even better, 
each time around. Uh, it is really well worth it. Nachman Schachter, Mazal Tov on the book. Thanks so much for joining us this morning. I really do feel it's a great Musser Safer, a great Safer, a great book of inspiration, a wonderful way uh, for people to, uh, uh, to uh, solidify um, uh, the faith in the one above. Thank you very much. I appreciate the time. Nachman Schachter, everybody. Go to artscroll.com. Make sure to use promo code radio for your free shipping and your discount. And, of course, uh, check out all the offerings there on the website. Ten Steps to Eternity. Uh, it was an amazing opportunity to actually uh, delve into what the ten tests were. That's one massive advantage of reading the book. And then, of course, to read some of the contemporary stories that uh, show how we, as a people, even today, emulate the incredible acts of Avraham Avinu. I know there's only one song we could play after uh, after an interview like that, and that is, of course, Avraham by Eighth Day on a Monday morning broadcast here at JM in the AM. Desert sun, you've been told you'd be on the run down to Egypt, to Pharaoh's town, to Rome and Spain, and many other lands. But you open your door to tired men, to lonely passers by. And your care were known far and wide. Father of a nation, your soul is alive. Abraham, are we the children that you dreamed of? Are we that shining star you saw at night? You know it's true, we still call you a our father, our bride, we got your soul inside. Take us home. Take us home. You've been through every test. Now look a small shore in the Midwest A child was born just the other day And all those gathered there heard his mother say All oh, it's been three thousand years and we've been fighting Are we?
Oh